All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of The Crowded Booth. I'm your host, Bryce Kuhn, and we are on Zoom today. We've been through Skype, through Zoom, every single uh, media way that we can get you guys some content, and we're happy to bring that. We're with the voice of the Atlanta Braves. He's been in the Braves system for a while now, but he's taken over here in the past couple of years. Ben Ingram, Ben, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Bryce. Good to see you, man. It's good to see you. I know this is a time of the year where you'd be getting ready for a game right now. And it's, it's one of those things we wish baseball was on, but obviously the safety of others comes as very important. But uh, what are you doing right now with everything going on with our sports world kind of on a hiatus? Yeah, well, figuring out day by day, I think that's the best thing. And, and the good news is for me and, and some of the people that I work with, we're, we've been given a show each night, Monday through Friday, seven to nine. So we get to at least hang out, talk some baseball and, uh, it seems like what's dominated our show every night is the, the latest proposal of what we may have. And I think we're at a, in a place right now where everyone's just simply speculating as to when we may be able to begin, how many games we can play and all that. So that's given me some normalcy. And I think we're all searching for, for some normalcy right now. But uh, fortunately for me, as far as the personal life goes, all my friends for the most part live within a mile, mile and a half of where I live. So whether it be going, walking to their house or, hanging out at my house or doing the show from seven to nine or uh, turning my, my laundry room back here into a gym, which I've done. I've got like a homemade gym back here. Which <laughs> kind of problem. But that, that's really it, man. So just trying to abide by the rules and, and stay healthy and, and still try to mingle in some normalcy as well. I know we all want to bring back baseball um, to its full capacity where you have, you know, you hear the hot dog vendors, you hear the, uh, the chants and everything, the crowd noise, fully packed stadium. But as you, we get closer and closer, now we're, you know, past minor league baseball opening day, obviously past major leagues opening day, we've seen a lot of proposals come out of where are they going to stay back in their spring training sites and play. I know that was a new one today where we just have the Grapefruit League play and then the Cactus League. What are your thoughts? I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Not that you have all the information in the world to health-wise, but, but what do you see maybe happening going forward? I think the one that you just referenced out of everything that I've heard is the one that makes the most sense. Uh, the the one that had been floated out there the last few days about everyone going to Arizona, 30 teams going to Arizona. In theory, there's some things about that that sounded good, but I just don't see how you could possibly pull that off, especially for the for the course of a long season. Uh, I'm, I'm single. I don't have any children. It would be easy for me to just throw a bag in the car and drive to Arizona and go work. That'd be great. Uh, but I work with a guy who's got a, a child and another baby on the way that's due at the end of the summer. I know players whose wives are due, players who have families. And going without them for four, four and a half months while we just go to the other side of the country, I don't, I don't see how that could work long term. Uh, if you're able to get everybody there, well, it's not just about the players. You've got to quarantine broadcasters and umpires and uh, media people. And, and then furthermore, people that would be working at the hotels that we'd be staying in caterers who are bringing in food. It just seems like way too many hoops to jump through in order to make it all happen in Arizona. So to, I, I think the best thing for us would obviously be to have a vaccine where we have this thing cured and we can pick up right where we left off and go back into this thing and Major League Baseball can readjust the schedule, maybe play 100 games or whatever that may be, uh, depending on when that vaccine comes out and go from there. But this side of that I have a hard time believing that fans, even if we're able to get baseball back up and going, I have a hard time believing that fans are going to come through the gates until there's a vaccine for this thing. I don't think people feel safe. And that's a big part of it. I think you need the crowds. I think you need the passion. I think you need fans there. But if we can play and have a season, even if there are no fans, I guess that would be some kind of win. 
just because players get to play and umpires get umpired, broadcasters can broadcast, and folks can get paid. We can we can get back to to that part of it and, and take care of our livelihood. But uh, the one that made the most sense to me was the one that you referenced. I, I think that if you were to go back down to your spring training site, I don't know for us specifically, they had us in a division with uh, the Red Sox, the Orioles, the Pirates, the Rays, so and then us. It would be a five-team division. Well, the, the, the thing that would be beneficial about that is all of those spring training venues are within 45 minutes of where we are, so that would make travel very easy, and it would be easy to quarantine within those uh, proposed divisions. Uh, that might be the only thing that I see that makes any sense. You're still going to have hoops to jump through in order to even make that happen. But with, with all the proposals, that's the one that, that resonates to where, okay, th that might work. I'm all for laying out every proposal possible. If I'm Rob Manfred, I want everything on the table. I don't care if it's a good idea, a bad idea. I want it all on the table. Let's consider everything we possibly can to see if there's something that makes sense. So I know that, that there are much more intelligent people than me trying to figure that out. I, I wait on their instruction. And, and once we get that, maybe we can have some kind of a season. It certainly won't be 162 games. It might not even be 100 games. But if we could have some kind of season at all, I know that would help financially for a lot of people and, and see if we can get to that point. Well, I know baseball can be a, an escape for a lot of people as well, and it can kind of heal um, a lot of the things that are going on right now. We've seen in this nation's past um, – going all the way back to the Great Depression in the 20s. Uh, you talk about baseball was an escape for some people who were on hard times. Go to 9-11. Uh, baseball, honestly, was a saving grace for a lot of people. You saw the nation come together. So talk about the importance of your role if there are games we do get to play with no fans. And does this season take on a new meaning? Even though going forward, if there is a season, this will have an asterisk for years to come. How important is yeah, your role so. Yeah, I think so. I think well, whether it's baseball or anything else you want to throw that you have in your normal everyday life, 2020 is going to be a, a mega outlier in all of our lives. I think the way that maybe our grandparents might have referred to before and after the Depression, I think the way that our parents might have referred to before and after the Kennedy assassination, I, I'd say for us, in, in, at least in my lifetime, I'm 40 years old, a lot of things you, you bring up in conversation is before and after 9-11. I think lots of people refer to this as well, this 2020 uh, and, and the virus and COVID-19. I think lots of people will talk about what it was like before and after that. And for, for me specifically, uh, in the world of baseball, this is certainly going to be a unique year. Players still talk about 94 and the strike. They talk about 81 and the strike we had that year. And, and this is different from a strike, but it, it's similar in the sense that we're going to have a shortened season. And what do you do with that shortened season? I think we'll all remember exactly how baseball handled this. Uh, and, and I know if we can't have a season at all, it's certainly going to stick out because we even continued baseball in the faces of world wars, uh, in the face of the Spanish flu 102 years ago, uh, in, in, the, in the face of 9-11, they were back on the field a week later. This would be a, a major, major historical point for us in our game, given that there's either going to be a very short season or no season at all. And, and when you get 40, 50, 100 years down the line, and we're dead and gone, and people are looking back historically uh, at what we're going through right now, they will, I think this will resonate with them. They'll realize how historic this all was, given that this is such a major shift in what is, what, what is commonplace and what is normal for us. Uh, the, the thought of no season, I mean, we, we just never had a, a summer where there just was no season. 
Uh, we've only had a couple of times where there was no World Series. And that's over the span of uh, 120-something years. So it is very historic. Uh, I, I know that when we get down the line, we're all going to look back on where we were in our careers for this time and, and have stories to tell, just like we would for any other uh, historical event of, of significance. But this is a little bit different. And, and I hope that we can find the positives in all this and, and take through the other side of the, and the positives that I've seen. I've seen people unite, people who maybe were, were reluctant to unite before. Uh, I've seen folks become uh, uh, a lot friendlier. And, and I hope that we go back to, I hope we never leave what something that, that we've been doing right now, and that's coming back together and mm. having face-to-face -face and having folks at the dinner table and, and intimate time with your family. Uh, I, I think we've lost a little bit of that. So I try to focus on all that. Whatever happens with the historical impact of baseball, well, we certainly have a story to tell. And um, whatever happens, I know that we won't be forgetting this or the details of this anytime soon. Well, let's switch gears here and talk a little bit about this Braves team that you've had the uh, privilege. I know you're, you are a guy from the Southeast, so this is kind of a cool atmosphere to you now being, uh, being a part of that radio broadcast team. Spring training was obviously cut short. We're approaching the one-month mark, and this past month has felt like a couple months or a year at this point. It's been a, one of the longest months in, in recent memory. Who is a guy, maybe it's a young prospect, maybe it's a uh, guy that was on the fringe of that 26-man roster, or maybe it's a bit one of the big signings. Who is a guy that you really had your eyes on that you feel like throw everything out, let's say everything started as normal, was really poised for a big breakout season? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question because there, there are a couple of guys last year that you might say had their breakout seasons in, in Soroka and Freed, and they're at the top of the rotation. But what I looked forward to this year was them taking that next step of not just being guys that we know very well in Atlanta, but guys uh, league-wide that you'd look at and say either they're, they're an ace now or they're developing into that. I think every team has a number one starter, but not every team has an ace. Uh, everybody has someone that's going to go on opening day, but I think there's an elite class of pitchers. Maybe there's a dozen of them that are in that department with Scherzer and, and Kershaw. And uh, I mean, you've got seven, eight guys you might could throw in that elite list, mm -hmm. uh, Verlander and such, where it, it's, it's really that. And, and I think that Soroka is knocking on the door. I think he has the potential to be as good as anybody in this league. I really do. And he was working on some stuff this year at spring training that was going to even further his development and further his ability. Uh, and I, I looked at him joining that list of guys that you would consider elite pitchers. I, I think he's going to reach that in his career, and I think this year could have been a big year for it. Max Fried's another guy that I'd throw on, on that list. I don't know that, that he could reach quite that level, but I don't want to doubt him. I like his stuff a lot. I really love what he has between the years a lot. He won 17 games last year, and he, he was still finding ways to get better. So I was really excited about those two guys, what they could have been for the top of the order uh, in this rotation. As, as far as the, the, the position players go, it, it's really about the same as it was last year. I was excited about Marcelo Zuna. Could he get back to the 2017 form that he showed with Miami when, when he was uh, such a, a good uh, ball player and such a good offensive threat, especially with home runs and RBIs, and putting him in a cleanup spot I was really excited about. But maybe the, the, the most important thing for this ball club from last year to this year is how much better the bullpen got. And on paper, they looked like a bullpen that could be an elite bullpen. And this time last year, uh, the Braves were, were far from that. They, had, they were winning in spite of a bullpen. Uh, their bullpen was rickety. Their bullpen wasn't anything that you could rely on. 
And I feel like uh, a year down the road where we are now, they had the potential to be really, really good. Spoken with all those guys collectively, spoken with all those guys individually. And what they would tell you is they didn't really care who was pitching the ninth inning, eighth inning, seventh inning. They just want to win. So whether it was Melanson getting a save or Smith getting a save or Green getting a save, uh, Chris Martin getting a save, None of those guys really cared. They just knew that as a unit, they were going to be very, very good. And I thought of all the elements this team has, I thought that had the element, uh, the potential to be the most dangerous element on this team, which uh, is a major statement given how much we rely on bullpens in 2020. So I was very excited about those things. And, and just having the confidence, winning the last two years, I think that that's very important. When you've won before, I, I think that helps – uh, and maybe it doesn't make it easier, but you know what the path is. You know what you have to do. You know what the demands are in order to get out there and win and, and be successful. And this team accomplished that. And I think there's a certain element of confidence that comes with that that maybe other teams in this division would not have right now. Team that's won the division uh, past two seasons where preseason they were not pred predicted to really finish out on top. You grew up as a broadcaster knowing what you wanted to do from an early age as well. And you've talked about that. Um, when you kind of rose into this role and you kind of started this ascent, you were with Mississippi, the double-A team, obviously, and then you get to Atlanta, you're working as a post-game host. What was your moment of what you're – and I think you and I have talked about this off of uh, the podcast, but what was your moment when you were like, wow, this is, this is kind of a culmination. Now, obviously, still a very long career to go. You're still young in this career. But, but what was that moment for you like and when, when was that? Yeah, that's a really good question because it's you, you think it'd be like a player. You know, you're broadcasting in the minor leagues. So you're working alongside front office people, umpires, players, coaches, managers, and you all have the same goal is to do what you're currently doing in the big leagues. And, and for the players, they get that phone call. And the next thing you know, they're on a plane and they're heading to the big leagues and they're in a, in a major league game. And that moment comes all together at one time. I think for me, those moments have been really spread out over the over the past 10 years. This, this season would have been my 10th season with the Braves. And, and a, a big moment for me, obviously, was getting the call to, to, to take this job here. And I knew there would be an opportunity to, to call games, and that was a really big moment. Calling my first game was a really big moment. That was April 29th, 2011. I remember the date. I remember everything about it. That was a really big night, uh, calling my first big league game. But over time, it's become – who you're working with, what your workload is like, uh, the moments that you get to call. I'd say last year was as much fun as I've ever had doing this. I mean, it, it jumped ahead of anything that I've ever done over the span of a summer. I mean, I, I went from doing 20, 25 games a season all the way up to doing 100 games last year. And to do that for anybody would be great. But doing it for a team that won 97 games and had so many walk-off uh, victories and, and won the division and, and all that. I got to be a part of that. I got to call the, the night they clinched the division. I got to call the comeback that they had in St. Louis in game three of the division series. Uh, I, I felt like we had a dozen walk-offs last year, and I felt like just for whatever reason, it, it seemed like I got just about all of them. Mm -hmm. And it was just one moment after the other where you just you, you, you got off the air that night and thought, wow, what what's next? Uh, because these guys continue to do amazing things, and it's so much fun. But uh, I, I love the guys that I worked alongside of. I, I worked with two very, very talented broadcasters, and Jim Powell and Joe Simpson. I've learned so much from them. 
Uh, I've learned a lot from Don Sutton, who unfortunately, due to uh, his health over the last year or so, has not been able to be on the air with us. But I've learned so much from those guys. And sometimes you just look over and see who you're broadcasting alongside of. And you think, wow, this is amazing that it turned into this. Or uh, guys that you're broadcasting the same game with. For instance, you know, I remember we, we had a game in uh, 20, gosh, 11, 2012. Um, and, and I got to meet Vin Scully. And I'm thinking, he's calling the same game I'm calling tonight. That's wild. Same thing with meeting John Miller and Dave Fleming or uh, Howie Rose in New York. Those are, those are guys that I've looked up to for a very, very long time. And getting to call the same game that they're calling that night is just uh, everything that I thought that it could be. So those moments for me have all been spread out. And I think it's just kind of become one night at a time where this will stick out or that will be meaningful or this will be memorable. And all those things kind of culminate into this is not only happening, it's very real. And you, you got to be motivated to stay there and continue to, to be really, really good and, and continue to get better. So those, to, to me, those are the ones that stick out. And those are the ones that, I, that are really fresh in my memory, even after 10 years. Well, Ben, I know that we hope to make more of those memories. You do as well here in 2020. It remains to be seen if baseball will be played, but you have to stay positive, like you said, and continue that positive outlook. Thank you for coming on, Ben. We really appreciate it. And uh, I noticed you said you're staying in shape. So that's, that's a good thing. I know this is a time, too, where everyone can – listen, the weather's beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm in Georgia right now, and I know you mm. are as well. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful weather here in the southeast around this time of year. So get out, enjoy yourself. But uh, please stay safe, as I know everyone is trying to, to fight this virus. But we appreciate you coming on, man. And I really uh, hope you have a safe season and really, really stay safe out there. Likewise. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun to chat with you, and I hope we can do it again soon.